Well, Don and Penny are great friends, and uh, so uh, we don't mind you getting in on the word, Penny. That's really good. Wow, what a powerful sense of God's presence here this morning. Uh, do not take that for granted, guys. This, th- there's something going on here. And the music team, you chose, I don't know who chose that song list, but it is absolutely perfect for, uh, we don't need that yet. You can, yeah, Greta's going to speak first. So, uh, But it's perfect for where um, the service is headed. So um, that's going to be great. So, honey, over to you for the next few minutes. I really did sense the presence of God so strongly. And uh, a couple of the things I feel that God is going to release a whole new level of faith to believe. That's what we were singing. I believe I believe we're going to see a miracle. I believe God's promises, etc. And I also feel there um, there is a breaker anointing here. God is going to release instant breakthroughs, especially this thing of oppression. It was coming early this morning when we were praying. It was coming during the worship. All kinds of oppression. God wants those chains to break off today instantly, once and for all. The prophetic word I want to share is called, it is time to birth. And before the men switch off, this this word is for all of us, both men and women. Just listen to Paul, Paul's language, Paul was a man. My dear children, I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I'm going through labor pains for you again, all right? It's for all of us. You know, our marvelous Father, he, he continually reveals his purposes to us. Father speaks prophetic promises to us, but most of the time they don't just happen. God intends us to co-labor with him to fulfill his, his purposes, and he wants us to birth these purposes and promises And I feel what God is saying is that 2019 onwards, it's a year of birthing, and it will continue. It is time to birth. And I really sense this is a year where many of of us have been persistently fighting for breakthrough, and that we are going to see complete breakthroughs, not just partial, but complete breakthroughs. And what the Lord is looking for, he's looking for those with a heart like Mary. You know, she was fully surrendered to his will. She was humbly willing to be used by God to birth his purposes. She said, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be done to me as you will. May your words to me be fulfilled. And the other thing about Mary is she believed She believed God, what he said. Blessed is she who believes that what the Lord has said will happen. Will you truly believe what God says? Be expectant. Like like a pregnant mother is expecting the birth of a baby. God wants us to wait expectantly, to wait with expectant faith for what he's going to fulfill. And there are a number of you here, you are pregnant with the promises God's given you. And this is the labor phase. Keep laboring in prayer. Keep pushing. You know, women who've had babies, you know, there comes the active stage of pregnancy at the end where you literally push and the baby is born. And, And that is how prayer can be in the birthing of things. 
Keep pushing and the suddenly of the birthing will happen. The Lord says, I am the God of the breakthrough. I bring to birth. I bring the sudden breakthrough. Isaiah 66, 7 and 9 Micah 2.13, the Holy Spirit, he is the great midwife. He brings to birth, he brings the, the delivery. There are things for you to birth in prayer. Birth the dreams and the destiny that God has deposited in you. Birth the promises. Psalm 145.13, God always keeps his promises. He always keeps his promises. He is the promise keeper. Keep laboring in prayer and you will see the prophetic promises in your life fulfilled. Birth the miracles. God is calling us all to new levels of anointing and power. Psalm 77, 14. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. Here's another scripture from Micah 7. I, the Lord, will work miracles just as I did before. He is the miracle worker. And he says to us, go and do them. This is the era of signs, wonders, and miracles to accompany God's word as the norm. I believe this is also the time of multiplication. And God is going to manifest multiplied miracles in our time. Let us be expectant and push through to see them happen. You know, we sang some amazing songs there. And and not so long ago, I I found myself singing in my sleep. And and, um, as I woke up, I was silently still singing it. God of miracles, come. We need your supernatural Love to break through. Nothing is impossible. You're the God of miracles. He was really wanting to impart that into my spirit. And and on another night, um, the Lord was speaking to me in my sleep. I was fast asleep, but my spirit was awake, if that makes sense. And this is what I heard. Call forth miracles from the God of miracles. I will make a way where there is no way. Birth the breakthrough. Micah 2.13, the one who breaks open the way will go before them. They will break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass before, before them, the Lord at the head. The one who breaks open the way. He is the breaker. He is the way maker. God wants us to birth incredible breakthroughs in our families, in this church, in this in this town, in the city, and in our nation and the nations of the earth. And, and truly, if God puts a nation in your heart, you pray what God is saying. and Because the Lord says that we, our prayers, have the power to transform nations because God responds when we pray. He is calling us all to new levels of prayer and fasting to co-labor with him, to birth awakening, to birth revival fires, to birth the great outpouring of the spirit that is imminent, that is coming across the whole earth. And read Malachi 1.11. It's a a strong prophetic word at the moment. God himself is prophesying and he is going to fulfill this. And in the 2020s and beyond, I I really sense there is going to be a mushrooming. That word came strongly. A mushrooming globally of 24-7 incense of prayer and offerings of worship together 
around the world to release and to sustain God's specific purposes on the earth. That's what Malachi, is. that verse is all about. In closing, he is calling us to be champions of faith who birthed the impossible like Mary did. Praying and worshiping together is the catalyst to birth God's great purposes and promises on the earth. It is time to birth. You know, I think the Lord is uh, breathing on his church. He is tired of his people being warriors when we're meant to be warriors. He's tired of us being victims when we're meant to be victors. And you know, the devil's He's, uh, he's angry, and he's bullying a lot of God's people right now. And, uh, and I believe that word is, Greta really seeks God. That's a word from the heart of God this morning. Wherever you're at, you know, there's more of God for you. There's more in God for you. And you can't afford to settle for the status quo. You cannot afford to settle for where you're at right now. If you settle for that, you're going to miss out on God's best. And what tends to happen as you get older, the devil comes and says, just slow down, calm down, just take it easy, all will be well. And yet God wants you to go out. Greta used this phrase the other day. God wants you to go out on a high note, on a high point. And, you know, go out to heaven. Hey, so you go out full, you go out overflowing. So uh, I want to bring a word to you uh, called God is our way maker. It backs on to the word Greta shared. By the way, Greta's burning with a word for the young people tonight. And I, can't, I haven't heard it. I can't wait to hear it. Going to have a great night together in, in the Holy Spirit. But if you're young at heart as well, please do come. Hey, we've got some resources down on the back table there. I just want to highlight a few. We've got a whole bunch of CD and DVD sets. We're phasing those out, so we won't be producing those anymore. So they're all reduced to $10. So DVDs were $20. They're $10. CD sets were $15. They're $10. So check that out. Um, if you want to, uh, there's a great book, um, uh, our book, Hope. Uh, how to have hope when everything's hopeless. And uh, really, it's, uh, it's our journey, my journey particularly. Um, but um, just if you really want uh, an injection of hope or you know people that really need some hope right now, that'll be a great book for them. It's our book, Afterlife. How many, when you go to a, uh, like you go on holiday, you kind of do a bit of research on the city or place, you get a tourist guide or you do a bit of research on the place you're going to anybody? You, you know, you check it out before you go so you know what you're going to be doing. Well, it amazes me the number of Christians, we all know we're going to heaven, but we never, we never look at the tourist guide book. We never check out, well, what's it going to be like? So we decided to write a book that tells you everything about what it's going to be like. Well, not everything, because God's going to surprise us and amaze us. But uh, it talks about how to recover if you've lost a loved one, but also what's heaven like? What are we going to be doing there? What will your resurrection body be like? And all of that stuff. So this is kind of like your friendly traveler's galaxy guide to heaven, all right? So you might want to pick that book up. That'll be great. And lastly, and I'm going to get someone to give those away in a minute. Lastly, we've got a new product here because we felt so strongly um, that the enemy is enraged. And will you notice that how everyone's getting angry today? 
Like there's road rage and there's, they're raging on, the, on Facebook and social media and people are getting angry and politicians are getting angry with one another. Why is there an increase in anger? Well, you know what the Bible says? In the last days, the devil will come down with great anger and he'll enrage. And it says, why are the nations enraged? And so we're in a battle, friends. We're in a huge, huge fight. That's why I love that one of those songs this morning. They were powerful declarations of our victory that is in Christ. And so we put together two messages. Uh, it's called A Call to Arms. And these two messages really talk about how you can win uh, in spiritual warfare. The first message is about the three most powerful, incredible sources of authority that God has given to every believer. And then the second message is the five most effective spiritual weapons God has equipped us with to exercise authority so that you can get breakthroughs for your kids, for your grandkids, for yourself, and for our nation. And so download cards work like you. There's a website there that you go on, you enter in the code, and you'll be able to download those two messages onto your computer or your phone or your tablet. You get three shots at it, so you can download onto three devices or, or give away a card to a friend, and they can share it as well. There's an audio version and a video version. They're just a few dollars. And uh, so can I encourage you to pick, pick those up on your way out? Because I know there are people here right now, you're living in a level of defeat that you shouldn't be living in. And you really need to take an aggressive stand against the enemy. And these two messages will really put some power in your tank to really help you. You know, the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Amen. Dennis, would you give this stuff away? Would you mind doing that? So if you want a freebie, just raise your hand. And my friend Dennis, well, and the cards, there you go. So just raise your hand and he'll come to you and, um, um, and you can be, well, what a miserable bunch. No one wants them. God, I spent five minutes talking about resources and nobody wants them. Never mind. All right. Oh, Lord, heal me of the rejection. <laughs> Okay, so we were um, at our, at, back at Home Church, Church Unlimited West is our home church. As many of you know, we were back, uh, and just before Christmas last year, we were in service, and we were singing that song, Waymaker, and we've got the uh, chorus coming up on the screen. It goes like this, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness, My God, That is Who You Are. And you know what, as we, we, I sung it a number of times, uh, but as we sung it in that meeting, like an incredible sense of the presence of God just began to flood the church. And everyone felt it. Wow, what is happening here? And I thought, Lord, there's such an anointing on this song. And then the Holy Spirit said this to me, you are singing the theme song for 2019. And uh, as I shared with Greta later, she shared when we'd been in the UK a few months before at a national conference, that song was sung and God just highlighted it to her that this was a now song by a Nigerian uh, song leader, Osanaki Joseph, a great song, a powerful song. And, and as we began to sing it, I thought this is a statement of who God is. He is the God that makes a way where there's no way. He is the God that still works miracles. He is the God that keeps his promises. And he is the God that's light in the darkness. And boy, there's a lot of darkness around today. 
my God, that's who you are. And so I began to wait on the Lord and say, okay, Lord, would you just unpack this a little bit more? And there were two incidents in the Old Testament that came to mind as I was praying and thinking about how to develop this prophetic thought that he'd given me into a message. And those two incidents will be well known to just about everyone here. The first is the incident of the crossing of the Red Sea in uh, Moses' time. You remember that the Israelites had come out of Egypt. They were camped by the Red Sea. There was a mountain range on one side and a mountain range on the other side. And, and suddenly they realized the Egyptian army were pursuing them. So they were trapped. They couldn't go left or right. They couldn't go back. They weren't ready to face an army. And they couldn't go forward because there's a big sea in front of them. And so Moses cries out to God, And the people complain and murmur and say, what are we going to do? And what are we going to do? And in Exodus 14, verses 13 to 16, it says, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. That's a word for someone here today. Do not be afraid. Right now, you're allowing the fear of the devil to get into your mind. And I'm here to tell you, God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Whatever you're facing, do not be afraid. The spirit of the overcomer is in you. Is that right? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. I want to say to somebody, the enemies you're fighting now, you'll never see them again. When you get triumph, when you get victory over that thing, those things are not going to bother you again. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff. It's like the shepherd's staff. And stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through on dry ground. And uh, in... Biblical symbolism, the staff of Moses, is symbolic of authority and persistent prayer. You remember when Joshua was fighting the Amalekites later on, Moses is up the hill and he's lifting up his staff. And every time he does, Joshua wins. And when he lowers it, Joshua loses. It's symbolic of authoritative, persistent prayer. So Moses stretches out his staff towards the Red Sea. Now, if you've seen the Hollywood version of this incident, you will discover that he stretches out the sea and pow, the waters part instantly and the Israelites go through. But that is not actually how it says it in the Bible. Because in verses 21 and 22 of Exodus 14, it says, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and all that night... The Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Bible tells it like it really happened. It took all night long for the waters to part. God sent a wind. He wants He's looking for a church in the earth who will be prepared 
as long as it takes in the middle of the night, all night long, to stretch out our rod of prayer and authority because He wants to release a wind of His Spirit into the earth that will make a way for multitudes to come into the kingdom, make a way for your grandchildren to come to Christ, your children to serve God, for miracles of healing to come to God's people. He's looking for an army like Moses who prepared to stretch stretch out their staff all night long. I reckon Moses probably got a bit tired doing that, don't you? Stretching out the staff all night long. The wind came, parted the waters. See, sometimes miracles aren't instant. Comes up the back of persistent and persevering prayer. And often we get stuck, stuck in the long night of adversity. It doesn't seem to be a way of escape. But I believe that if we'll stretch out our staff of prayer and persevering faith, we will see and keep declaring that God is the way maker and miracle worker. We will see God part waters. And I think there's people here today that your destiny, your purpose in God, you, you will only ever step into it as God parts waters. So it's going to take faith. It's going to take prayer for you to achieve and accomplish what God wants you to. How many have heard of John Wesley? Raise me, raise your hand. John Wesley was a revivalist evangelist that ministered in, in England in the 1700s at a time when France had been overtaken by a secular revolution. Wesley and others rose up and he preached the power of God up and down England and multitudes came to Christ. Well, this is from John, Di uh, John Wesley's diary sometime in the 1700s. This is what he writes. Sunday morning, May the 5th, preached in St. Anne's was asked not to come back anymore. <laughs> Sunday evening, May the 5th, preached in St. John's. Deacon said, get out and stay out. God bless the deacons. Sunday morning, May the 12th, preached in St. Jude's. Can't go back there either. Sunday evening, May the 19th, preached in St. Somebody's. Deacons called special meeting and said I couldn't return. Sunday morning, May the 19th, this is the third week now. Preached on the street, kicked off the street. Sunday morning, May the 26th. Preached in a meadow, chased out of meadow as bull was turned loose during service. <laughs> Sunday morning, June the 2nd. Preached at the edge of town, kicked off the highway. Sunday afternoon, June the 2nd. Preached in a pasture, 10,000 people came out to hear me. That's stretching out the staff. That's not giving up after a few weekends of rejection. That's what I'm talking about, church. And I worry that in the Western church, we've become a bunch of wimps that run at the first sight of the battle, who are pretty prayerless. When God is saying, come on, if you'll stretch out your rod of prayer and faith, and if you'll hold it out, you will see the breakthroughs you dreamed of. You will see the miracles that you want. Now, yeah, John Wesley was persistent. He kept turning up. But you know another secret of his? He prayed four hours every day. From 4 a.m. to 8 a.m., he prayed four hours every day. Now, when he got older, it changed a bit. As he got older, he uh, wasn't, I guess, uh, able to travel so much, so he decided he'd pray eight hours every day. Now, I don't know about you. I don't right now have the capacity to pray four hours in a stretch or even eight hours. I don't have that capacity. 
But I'll tell you what I do have. I have a hunger that God will grow my capacity. And I'm busy praying, God, take me beyond where I am. Take me beyond where I am in prayer. I want to add some time. Will you take me further? I want to add more fasting. I want to add more prayer because I really believe we have authority. And, and we cannot allow our, the enemy to come and make victims out of our kids and of our grandkids. I, I've told you before, I had a, a kid in the, a son in the drug scene for 12 years. We had to fight. We had to stretch out the rod. You know, uh, you know. just this week, there was a sort of a, a crisis that, that we had to deal with. And so we just said, okay, let's do two days of prayer and fasting. And in those two days of prayer and fasting, God inspired us to go to spiritual warfare and intercession and prayer. I tell you what, in my heart and in Greta's heart, things just turned around. Faith came flooding in. And we just be- haven't seen maybe the full outcome yet. But I believe that he's the way maker and the miracle worker. And you can either lie down and say, oh, it's so terrible. It's awful. And the devil will suck the strength out of you. He'll make you feel so weak. But I tell you what, you have a Holy Spirit in you and he is strength from God. You can do all things in Christ who strengthens you. You have a spirit of power. You have a spirit of love. You have a spirit of self-control. Don't believe the lies of the devil and say, oh, your prayer life's weak and you don't read the Bible and you don't do this. Just tell him to get lost and say, God, I'm up for revival. Revive me. Call on heaven. Call on God. Don't allow yourself to remain the way you are. There's more in God for us. God will make a way for you. And the miracle you need as long as you keep holding out the rod. The second incident in the Old Testament that I, I believe the Lord drew my attention to was a very similar incident to the Red Sea. It was the crossing of the Jordan River Uh, 39 years or 40 years later, when that, uh, you know, the Israelites finally got to go into the promised land. And now Moses was dead. Joshua, young young man, he was now the leader of Israel. And uh, the problem is they are camped on the east side of the Jordan, you know, one to three million people. And they've got to go west across the Jordan River into Israel, into the promised land. And the The other problem was at that time of the year, the Jordan was flooded. So like it had flooded its banks, it was fast flowing, it was deep, it was wide. And uh, and so God gives an instruction to Joshua. And funnily enough, the Lord doesn't tell him to build boats or build a bridge or anything like that. This This is what God says to Joshua. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop. Now, that is an unusual strategy. And the Ark of the Covenant was a box, wooden box, covered in gold with a couple of angels on top, carvings of angels and the Ten Commandments in it. And the presence of God hung around the Ark of the Covenant. And it had rings on each side so you could put a pole through. So four priests would hoist this thing on their shoulders and carry it. And I think it's a picture of God is saying, it doesn't matter how bad the river in front of you is. It doesn't matter how flooded it looks. If you have the presence of God upon your life, if the presence of God is with you, you can step into that river and something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. 
take a few steps into the river. If I was the priest, I would not be too pleased with that instruction, especially the front two priests. The other two at the back thought, well, you know, whew, we get to stand on dry land. It's just those guys. And I think the front priest probably got drew the, bat, the unlucky straw that morning. Okay, we've got to step into a flooded river. You're kidding me, Joshua. It's a scary thing to do. You know, the devil will always create intimidating obstacles to keep you out of your promised land. Your promised land is the things that God has promised. Destiny, purpose, righteousness, heaven, miracles, healings, kids walking with Jesus, all sorts of stuff. Revival in our nation. All of those things are part of the promised land. There's always an intimidating obstacle between the now and, and, and what God wants to do. But you know what? A miracle always starts with a few steps of faith. And as those priests stepped into the Jordan, this is what happened in Joshua three thirteen to 16. The priests will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. And as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. It was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. So what happened here is that the moment, the precise moment that those priests stepped into the water at a town upstream, at a place called Adam, something happened. We don't know what it was, whether it was an earthquake that dammed up the river or something happened to dam up the river upstream. And so the, river, the water stopped flowing, but all the water after that had to keep flowing down towards where the priests were. And the thing about that is that your geography, Adam was 30 kilometers upstream from where the priests stood. 30 kilometers now, Greta did some research. The normal flow rate of the Jordan River, just in normal flow rate, is 18 meters a second. That's 65 kilometers an hour. They reckon in flood time, it would be a lot faster, probably 80 kilometers an hour. That's how fast the water was flowing. Well, if you remember your simple physics formulas from high school, you can work out uh, using the fact that, you know, distance and time and velocity are all related, you can work out it would have taken more than 20 minutes for the water to flow from Adam down to the priest and for dry ground to appear. More than 20 minutes. Now, when you're standing in a flooded river, that's a long time. And when you're, when you're the, you've got Joshua and you've got maybe two, three million people looking and thinking like, is this going to be a repeat of the Red Sea? The water's just going to part. No, God did it differently. God decided to do it. Sometimes miracles don't come the same way. They come surprised. They come disguised. It's a little test of our faith. Will we stay in the waters? What were those front priests thinking? Man, Joshua's got this wrong. Nothing's happening. I don't see a thing happening. Whoa. Now, poor old Joshua. We thought God would bless him like he did Moses, and we walked through the Red Sea. But man, there's nothing happening here. And why are we standing in these waters anyway? My feet are getting cold, and I could be swept away, and this ark is getting heavy on my shoulders. 
And all the complaints could be rising up because 20 minutes go by and there's no sign of any change. It's enough to discourage you to give up. And then after about 20 minutes, they, they see something in the distance. They kind of see just the water coming towards them and there's no more water after it and it just flows by and then suddenly the whole riverbank is dry and three million or so Israelites walk over into the promised land. The moment you obey God, the moment you obey what He's asked you to do and you step out in faith, And you step into the waters in prayer and with the presence of God and persistence, persistent faith. A miracle happens, but it's upstream. It's invisible. It's out of sight. But I tell you what, it is flowing down towards you. The moment you take that stance of prayer, the moment you take that stance of spiritual warfare, the moment you say, devil, you're not going to push us and our family around anymore. We take a stand with the presence of God. The moment you do that, a miracle starts flowing towards you. You may not see it for days or weeks or even months, but it's on its way. And all you got to do is keep, keep in that river, keep in those waters, keep in the river of the Spirit. We came out of summer this year because uh, we're itinerant ministries. We live by faith. And so our, our board pays us a moderate wage. But basically all the finance to do that and all our run our ministry has to come from what we do and, and churches that will then uh, bless us. And so over summer's not a good time for itinerants. Churches are busy. So maybe five, six weeks we don't get to minister. And, uh, and that's okay because we need a break as well. Um, but we came out of summer at the end of January, and I said to Greta, Honey, our finances are the lowest they've ever been for our ministry, and we need $10,000 just to get back in the game uh, before we even start. We need $10,000. And uh, so we began to pray, God, would you send in $10,000? Now, one of the things we did is we gave $800 away to another itinerant ministry who was facing the same thing because we, I believe in sowing a seed. So if you've got a need, you sow a seed. So we sowed the seed and then we just stepped into the river. All right, Lord, your word declares you're able to supply us with every need of ours according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. We're stepping in this river and believing you that a miracle of $10,000 will flow down toward us. Well, it wasn't too long before someone gave us a $500 donation. And then a church, a large church in Auckland that we've ministered in, but we've not been, we've not probably ministered in it for two years, suddenly put $3,000 in our bank account. I don't know why. We don't know why. They just, God laid us on their heart. They just did it. Someone else gave us $500. So by now, $4,000 had, had flowed down toward us. And, and so, okay, we got another 6000 to go. Lord, would you please release that other 6000 We were doing a meeting um, sometime later in a, in a church in Auckland, and they were just pioneering an evening encounter night. It was running at 7.30 in the evening, and it wasn't a large meeting, but we, we went to it. We just wanted to bless the people, and, and we don't care about how big or who turns up. We just want to say, if it's even two, we'll do it. And, um, and so we get to the meeting, and just before it starts, there's a, there's a guy on the front row. I, I know him, and uh, he's a businessman. And we just go over, Greta and I, and we just start chatting to him. 
And then he says this to us. He said, what's the greatest need in your ministry right now? And I'm thinking it's finance, but I'm not going to tell you that. And I, oh, um, uh, um, uh. <laughs> he said, is it finance? I said, well, actually, yes, it is. He said, great, I'm going to put $1,000 in your account tomorrow. I said, well, thank you. That is so incredible. I, he said, I don't know. I said to him, I don't know what, why, but we somehow seem to be facing the greatest financial need we've faced in 10 years. He said, great, I'll make it 2000 I'm trying to think, what can I say now? <laughs> what can I say now to get that, get that up? I thought, wow, thank you. And we got the, did the meeting. It was an awesome meeting. And on the way home, Greta and I are driving home. We're just like, wow, how cool is that? But, but I said, but you know, honey, we need 6,000. 2,000 is not enough. And so I, I, we said, Lord, would you touch his heart overnight and tell him we need 6,000? Well, I checked the bank account the next day, $6,000. $6,000. You know, when you step into the waters, they may look a bit, that lack of finance was like a flooded river. God, how are we going to even go into the new year when we're behind the eight ball by $10,000? Help. And you, but you step into the barrier with the presence of God, the faith that he gives, the word of God, the prayers of faith. And you know what? Out of your sight, a miracle begins to take place, and inevitably it flows down towards you. And we walked across on dry ground into this year, thanking Jesus for his miracles. You know what? To finish, God makes a way where there is no way. He moves mountains that have been immovable. We sung about it. I've seen you move the mountains. Now do it again. You know, some of you have seen God move mountains in your past, but maybe it's five, 10 years ago. It's time you saw some mountains move again. It's time you believed God again. He makes roads in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He opens doors that no one will shut. He makes the impossible possible. He saves the hopelessly lost. He heals the desperately sick. He can do anything. He is the God of the impossible. And he's looking for his church to own that again. So many Christians are living in disappointment because you haven't seen the answers. You haven't seen the breakthroughs. And what tends to happen if disappointment festers, the devil will shut down your prayer life. Why bother to pray? Why bother to believe again? I'm only going to get disappointed again. That's exactly where the enemy wants you because you're one day away from a miracle. We're one, one fresh stance of faith away from a miracle. I don't know when your miracle's coming. It could be 10 years away, but it could be 10 hours away. He just needs you to stand in faith. 2019 will require elevated faith levels. We must not let past disappointments reduce our faith level. Believe again, trust again, pray again, declare again, stay in faith, have bold faith. There'll be breakthroughs in the strongholds of the enemy. God is raising up an emboldened people who dare to believe that as in times of old, he is still the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, and the light in the darkness. That is who he is. Hallelujah. He is an amazing, amazing God. And if the music team would like to come right now, we're going to sing that song this morning in a moment. But I just want to ask you for a couple of minutes before we get to singing this and releasing our faith. Uh, you know, one of the greatest ways that God makes 
is the way to him. And Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And when he hung on a cross, dying for your sin and mine, he was making a way for you and me to come to him, to have our sins forgiven and to be washed clean from all the unrighteousness that separates us from a holy God. And today I'd love to pray for anyone that maybe you've never made that way. You never realized Jesus was your savior. And, and today the Bible says, if as many that believe in Christ and who receive him, he gives them power to become children of God. He makes a way for you to come to the Father. And I'd love to pray for anyone that you may want to, you may never have given your life to Jesus before, but today is the day. Or maybe you once did, but you've walked right away from God, and today He's calling you back. Can we just close our eyes to help us concentrate right now? And if that's you, you're giving your life to Jesus, or you want to come back to Him this morning, right where you're sitting, right now, would you quickly raise your hand in the air? Just quickly raise it and hold it up high. God bless you over there, young lady. Thank you. Anyone else, just quickly raise your hand up high in the air. You're coming to Him or you're coming back to Him this morning. Don't allow fear to stop you. Fear stops a lot of people. But the Bible says if you confess Jesus before people, He will confess you before the Father. Is there someone else this morning? Just overcome that fear. Quickly throw your hand in the air as I scan the room. Look around. God bless your son. Thank you. Anyone else joining these two? Just quickly raise your hand. Might be a battle going on in your heart, but just lift your hand. Overcome that battle. You know you need to get right with God. He's made an amazing way for you to connect with God. And this morning, this is your opportunity. Just quickly as I scan the room one last time, just raise your hand right now. Yeah, God bless you, ma'am. Thank you. All right, I don't see anyone else. Let's all stand together. We're going to all pray this prayer together. Here we go. But especially the three people that um, raised your hands, you, you especially pray this. All right, we're going to say it out loud. I'll lead you. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me today for all my sins. I'm sorry, Lord. And I turn from them and I turn to you. I believe that you died on a cross for me and rose again from the dead. So I now open the door of my life and ask you to come and live in me. Lord Jesus, I now receive you. I now return to you and I give you my life. Give me power to live for you for the rest of my days. Amen. Well, if you're one of those three people that raised your hands, you're, you're halfway there, okay? You've prayed a prayer. You've believed in your heart. But the Bible says we not only believe in our heart, we confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord. And so we do that by telling someone else. What I'm going to ask you to do, if you're one of those three people that raised your hands, listen carefully. At the end of the service, when people are going to have coffee or making their way home, could you make your way to the front and come and meet Greta and me? We'd love to pray for you. Maybe, uh, I don't know, do you guys have material? Maybe give you some material, uh, but we'd love to see you at the front. You know, God spoke to me in prayer this morning from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3. 
It says, consider Him, Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself so that you may not become weary or faint-hearted. And the Lord told me that there are people here today, you've become weary and you've become faint-hearted. It's like you've had the stuffing knocked out of you because of life's disappointments. But God today says, no, you're not faint-hearted. You're stout-hearted. You're strong-hearted. And you're brave-hearted. And God, I believe, wants to impart fresh strength and power and fortitude 